girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, buckle on up because I think you're really going to vibe with today's episode. We have on the show my girl, Kayla Craft, and why I think you're really going to love her is she is so unapologetic and she's so awesome at talking about evolution and how to really tactically step into your potential. She came from an upbringing that she really had to work through to get to the point that she's in today and all of her pivots along the way. I think you're really going to connect with her at different seasons that we talk about in today's episode. She started as an ER nurse and and then with young kids, she dabbled in network marketing and decided, let me just freaking go for this, blew that up to a huge business. And when that no longer felt aligned, she started doing events and business coaching and all sorts of different products and programs and services of her own. And now she's actually raising money and doing huge projects in the real estate space. So as you can imagine, I really connected with her because we have a lot of similarities in her story. And I also think that why you're going to really vibe with it is because she's just so open and very unapologetic. So we talk a lot about very tactical and raw ways that you can actually navigate different season changes in your business, in your career, and even in your marriage, which I think you're really just going to appreciate how transparent she is. And then what's really cool is Kayla has a brand new book that you can now snag your copy of. It's called What Do You Really Want? And you know, whenever I have women that I'm obsessed with on the podcast that I think you're going to vibe with too, I love to also do giveaways. So if you tag Kayla, Kayla at Kayla Craft. It's Kayla with a C and me at Keisha Get Mary on Instagram. With any of your takeaways from today's episode, I'm going to give away three copies of her brand new book, What Do You Really Want? And then of course, if you love her, you can find her on Crafted Entrepreneur, her podcast. And if you happen to be living in Denver, Colorado, this upcoming weekend, February 25th, I'm actually going to be speaking with her at her book tour. And it's here in Denver. So if you're interested in details, send me a, like, send me a message on Instagram or text me you know where to find me and you can come see us live on Sunday, February 25th. But regardless of when you're listening to this episode, it's going to be super juicy. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Kayla, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, girl. I am so excited to be here. I like we've just become friends, but yeah. I feel like we're like fast friends because we have so much in common. <laughs> I know we do. And I'm really excited because there's so many different directions that I want to take this podcast because you are a wealth of knowledge in a lot of different spaces and also your experience. Like the fact that you have pivoted so much in your career and business, you've had so many different seasons of like motherhood while doing all of this, different seasons of like financial, well, I mean, there's so many things. So First, can we just start by giving them kind of a high-level overview of essentially how did you start your career? Because what you're doing now is like very, very different. So give them the high-level overview. (laughs) Okay. So I like to talk about the very beginning Yeah, where I started out as a nurse and I got into nursing because I was told in high school that you would always have a job because there was a nursing shortage at the time. And I want to share that because that was my mindset. What's going to be the most stable, safe thing? Yeah. Because my childhood and 
especially like my young adulthood was very chaotic. Mm -hmm. So I was craving like that safety and certainty. So I chose nursing. Uh, But I chose the type of nursing (laughs) that was the least stable. I became an ER nurse by the time I was 21 and was a charge nurse by the time I was 22. So I was leading people in very chaotic situations, which I had really done since I was like five five years old. Let's be real. So I was doing that. I had my first son and I realized I don't really like leaving him for 12 hours a day. Yeah. And I was at the park and I remember Cooper had just started walking and he was like 10 months old and we're at the park and my girlfriend said she had just made a couple hundred dollars selling protein shakes. And I was like, how? And she was like, I made a post on Facebook. And I was like, Facebook, I don't even post on there. Like, okay. Yeah. I was like, well, do you think I could do it? And she was like, of course, like you're so personable and like loving people love you. You do great. Lo and behold, I got into network marketing, but that was how I got into it. I didn't realize it, right? She was like, just make posts on Facebook. (laughs) And I did and eventually built a team out of 90,000 people in that company, made millions and millions of dollars and found myself about five years into it with three kids now going, you know what? Like, I can't see myself doing this forever. Yes, I've loved it. I've learned a lot. And yes, I've made a lot of money, but like it doesn't really fulfill me like it used to. Right. And people ask me all the time, how'd you build your business? Most people start in network marketing and most people fail. How'd you do it? And I would say, well, social media. I posted on Facebook and I just reverse engineered my process basically and was like, oh, okay. I built out a personal brand and I need to teach other people how to build out personal brands. And so I started to do that locally in my small town of Bakersfield, California. And like these other smaller businesses, like a fun- I worked with like a functional medicine doctor, a Pilates studio, um, a website designer, and I taught them how to brand themselves online. They were all having success. And I go, okay, I need to take this to the masses because clearly it doesn't just work for network marketing. It can work for all types of people. Yeah. And so that's when I started Mommy Millionaire. And I first started it as like a YouTube channel and I got like five views. And I was like, as we all start, right. I was like, okay, this isn't really working, but you know, I, I launched my website and I was giving out advice there and I thought all these people would sign up and nobody signed up. And I was like, okay, what am I doing wrong? I have to figure out like marketing in a new way. Like people aren't just going to buy because I'm Kayla Craft. Like at that, because you know, that's really what had happened was like, everybody wanted to know because I had this success. And then I realized, oh, that doesn't make people actually buy. So I had Mm -hmm. to understand why they buy And so I went to town on understanding the psychology of sales. And then once I did that, I launched my podcast and that took off. We've had millions of downloads and now we just do programs on helping people increase their sales online. (laughs) So that's like, oh my gosh, a lot has happened in the last 12 years. I tried to condense down into that, but there's one theme that people can take away from that. And it's like, you got to sometimes step back and look at what you're good at. Okay. Mm-hmm. And dissect it and say, how can I teach this to other people? And it's not just about teaching it to other people, but it's also about showing really who they get to step up and be to right. acquire that success that they want. Because mm-hmm. there's enough information out there. Like everybody knows how to how to brand themselves now. Like you could go on YouTube and find a million free things, Mm -hmm. but people don't know how to step into that energy of being a powerful personal brand. Um, And that's really what my sweet sauce is. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's, it's so interesting too, because 
you talked about like, even for example, with network marketing or for anyone listening in, apply this in your own life of like doing something, being successful by other people's standards, life for you was great. Like looking in, right. Yes. Of like, oh my gosh, look at this, all of these things that she's accomplished. But for you feeling off, there are a lot of women in this community that maybe they aren't in a back against the wall type of situation where they have to make a change. Cause sometimes when you're in that situation, you have no other option. Like you have to do something, but when things are great by other people's standards or even really good by your standards and you feel that feeling coming up of like, this is not aligned for me anymore. How did you get yourself to even take action to step away from something like that? Right. Well, number one, you have to look at who you're surrounding yourself with. And I was surrounded by a lot of people who were in network marketing. And so when I started to share like, uh, something was off, it was like, my upline was like, don't do it. You know, like, oh, I heard podcast is so saturated. Don't do that. And you know, it was like, okay, wait. So that's not going to work for me. But Mm -hmm. I had my friend Lori Harder who had started a podcast and I reached out to her and I was like, do you think I should start one? And she was like, I think you should have started one yesterday. And so that was the confirmation I needed. So that's step number one is like, make sure to be careful who you're telling your dreams to and who you're taking advice from. Mm -hmm. So I was telling people who didn't have a podcast, you know, I wanted to start one. They were putting it down. And I call somebody who has an extremely successful podcast and she says, start yesterday. And so it was like, okay, like I need to go into getting around a different network. There's nothing Mm. wrong with these people over here. They just don't understand where I'm going. And you want to talk to people who are going to understand your future, not your past. And so I started to invest in myself. I remember I went to like Brendan Burchard events and knew nobody there, (laughs) Uh, you know, and like just started going to these new events, Les Brown events where I knew nobody. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this for me? Like, I don't know. It feels so weird. But I just started to put myself out there and meet all these people who were doing all sorts of types of things. And when I shared my dreams with them, they were like, oh my gosh, you're going to be so good at that. And it's like, they didn't know me, but I believed them. Right. And sometimes that's what we need is you got to get into those rooms of the big dreamers and the action takers, Mm -hmm. because I'm still friends with those people to this day. And they're like, oh my gosh, Kayla, I remember when you were doubting that, you know? So that's step number one for people who want to do something different. Be careful who you tell it to, and then get into the rooms of people who have what you want. So good. Mm-hmm. It's really important for like people to really resonate with that because it applies to anything, whether it is network marketing, it's building a business. It's, it's even like in the corporate world for people mm-hmm. that are going to project their ideas of what like safety is, for example, right? Where it's like, oh, you should stay here at this company because this is what we're all doing. It's like, if you want new ideas, you're going to have to be around people that think different thoughts right. or are looking more like the direction of where you're headed. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love that. So, okay. When you felt this feeling of like wanting to do something else, can you walk us through like the mindset of calling your shot on doing something that you didn't have any proof that you could look back on and say, see, last time I did this, it worked out. Starting a podcast, like the new types of programs that you're doing, like how did you manage? Because I feel like that's where a lot of women get stuck is they look to their past for proof of like, can I do this? But obviously you can't do it because you've never done it before. How do you manage that? And how do you help women that struggle with that like block straight out the gates? Yeah. Well, I think we get in that struggle when we don't focus on a compelling vision, right? And so just recently I pivoted. I started my own private equity fund about a year ago. And the, I, I was very careful again, like who I was going to tell about that. But the vision was that I wanted a sustainable, like 
huge legacy and empire for my kids that wasn't based on how mom showed up on social media that day. Yeah. And I wanted something that was mailbox money and also going to provide massive, massive legacy for every single person in my audience. And so the vision was like teaching so many people about real estate investing, giving Mm -hmm. them the opportunity to stay in their zone of genius. Maybe it's at their corporate job. Maybe it's in network marketing, whatever it is, investing their money in my fund, having their money work really hard for them. So in five years from now, they can have total lifestyle freedom. And so that was the vision, right? That I was holding. And when I decided to go for it, I just kept thinking about like how my life was going to be different in five years, how people's lives, like my friends and family that have invested into the fund, how is their life going to be different? And that's what gets me out of bed. Like I wake up at four o'clock every morning these days and I'm so excited, Um, even on the hard days because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I know what I'm headed towards, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where you've got – and I also stay in a bubble, by the way. Like I'm not going around the old masterminds I used to be in because those distract me at this point. And it's like, where am I going? Okay, I'm building out a huge real estate fund, so I got to hang out with the people who have – huge real estate funds. Mm-hmm. I, I invested in a real estate mastermind last year. I went to Mexico. I met my mentor in Mexico. She wasn't even supposed to be there, but she was one of the five women in the room. I was wow. one of the other five, right? And I went up to her and she had a billion dollars in assets under management. And I was like, okay, we need to be friends. I don't know what we're going to do together, but let's hang out <laughs> basically yeah. is how it went down. And she went on my podcast and we became business partners And I've learned so much from her because she reminds me of my future, right? She already has the things that I want. And, and so that's, that's what it is. I mean, like your environment is so important. She lives in Texas, so I don't get to see her all the time, but we have regular phone calls and I'm going to events that she's going to be at because it's like, those are the people like that are going to help me stay on track. Mm-hmm. It's also such a reminder of like our life being a testimony of what's possible for other people mm-hmm. that we don't like, like, I think that can be such a powerful fuel source if you're willing to take the weight of some of that responsibility. Cause even like full transparency, like, you know, you and I talked on your podcast when I was on your show of like some of the stuff that we've started doing in real estate. And I remember getting off of this, our conversation. And I said to my husband, I was like, it is so cool what Kayla's done. She's got a similar background to me. And she like, you know, I was telling you, I was like, I'm going to be a boy mom. And you were talking about your boys and like how you prioritize your marriage. And I was like, this is so cool to see someone who is starting a fund, like what you're doing. That's not necessarily a vision that I have right now in my heart or anything, but like you're showing that it's possible. Just right. how Vina showed you what was possible or whatever, right? It's just, right. it's so powerful that we recognize that whatever it is that's the dream on our heart, it's not just about us and our own legacy, but everybody else that we have no idea is going to benefit as a byproduct through Absolutely. random conversations like this, listening to the show. So, okay. When you start this idea and I like, I, I need to know like how your brain works around this of like, <laughs> how did you come up with this idea of I'm going to start a fund and especially with the thought that might come into your head of like, I have no idea how the hell to start a fund yet. Like, you know, sales, you know how to build relationships, all of these things that you have to support you. But for women listening in, sometimes it's like, they do come up with an idea, you know, this feeling where you come up with this idea. And the second thought is like, Oh shit. But like, <laughs> like, do I even know anyone? How do I get myself in rooms? Right. Like, how did this come up? 
<laughs> and right. How did you work through it mentally? <laughs> so I, I, it's important for me to give context too because Mommy Millionaire was doing really well. We were doing like a couple million a year. Yeah. And I had eight staff and um, – For, for context it, too, like what was Mommy Million – like what types of like programs and services did you get in events? Um, so we had a coaching membership at the time where people could – they worked with my coaches um, yeah. and got like life coaching Awesome. And then I also had a coaching like mentorship where I taught people how to be a mommy millionaire coach. Awesome. So those were the main two programs. Plus I did like um, private coaching as well. Mm-hmm. So that was going great. And my husband was starting his lending business called My Abundant. And so that's for anybody that, you know, has programs and their clients need funding to buy it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Side note. <laughs> got to, you know. Got to plug, plug the hubs. Chase. Yeah. We got <laughs> to plug in Chase there. So – like by again the outside looking in every everybody would go like why in the heck would you not just pour gasoline on the fire that you have yeah. right now and you know maybe it is a little bit like self sabotage but <laughs> i don't know i'm just very like multi passionate and i was like this is just not what i see myself doing forever like mm-hmm. yes i'm passionate about coaching but i like don't, again i don't want to be doing 18 events a year when my kids are 13 15 and 17. I want to be traveling the world with them. So, and I don't want to have a staff of hundreds of people. So, you know, and that's what was, what it was going to take. And so I, I had to like start having this conversation with Chase, like what would it look like if I did something different? And and again, he thought it was nuts. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely nuts. Um, but I just was already investing in funds. So I already understood the the power of mailbox money. Mm -hmm. And when we had a bad month, in, you know, my coaching business or whatever, it didn't phase us because we had our investments that pay for our lifestyle. And other coaches I was talking to, like, they couldn't withstand, like, a bad month or, like, a bad year, you know? Like, people just, they were, like, all about showing the lifestyle. And for me, I'm like, I really have a large gap, even though I have an incredible opulent lifestyle, like, I have so much in in my investment portfolio, right? So um, I was like, gosh, there has to be something here. And so I just kind of started dreaming. I talked to one of the guys that I invested in his like self-storage fund. And I just said, hey, like I've I've sent a couple people to you. This is the network marketer in me. Hey, I've sent a couple people to you. Like how can I start getting paid for sending more people to you? And he was just like, oh, I can't do that. Sorry. And it was kind of like a shut door. Mm Mm-hmm. Little did I know it's like completely illegal to do that. So that's why he couldn't. But he didn't like give me any context. He was just like, can't do that. Sorry. You know, like didn't even say sorry, actually. And so I was like, hmm, like number one way to motivate me is like shut the door in my face. Tells you you can't. Yeah. 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 I was like, that probably just fired you up even more. It did. Where was the other door? Yeah. Because this guy was a firefighter. And I was like, dude, if this guy can do this, I can do this, not putting yeah. down firefighters, but I'm saying like, it's not like he was like a Harvard MBA, right? Yeah. So I was like, hmm, if he can do it, I can do it. I asked my friend who is a, he, he works with a lot of wealthy families. Okay. And I was like, like, how do people like get qualified to do this? And he goes, oh, I just met this guy at a mastermind and all he does is teach people how to open up their own funds. And he gave me his name. I bought his $40,000 program. The wow. very next day. Yeah. Like you the very knew. next day. I just, well, and I didn't know for sure that I was going to do it yet. I was just like, I need to understand 
what's going to be involved because I knew there was going to be a lot of legalities with it, Mm -hmm. right? So I took the course and everything. I got my lawyer and I realized like, holy crap, this, like if you do something wrong, you're going to jail. And I was like, oh my gosh, like could I, you know, like I'm not going to do anything wrong, but do I want to like even put myself in this position, you know? And I I really thought about it for six months because Mm -hmm. like, you know, so I understood how to do it. But the legalities like for running a fund, you guys are just like, it's really strict as they should be. You're taking people's hard-earned money, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot (laughs) that you're just being monitored by the Securities Exchange Commission. And there's a lot of like fees and paperwork and there's a lot to it. It's not just like raising money, okay? And so I was faced with the reality. And I think that's what somebody could take away with this right now is like, before you just like close the door on your dreams, like go and see it all. Like shine a light on the boogeyman and see everything that it's going to take. Think about your vision and just say, is it going to be worth it? And ultimately it took me six months to make that decision because I had so many other moving parts, but I was like, yes, like this is where I'm going. If anybody can handle this, I can. Um, I'm a good person and like, you know, like I'm fine with this at the end of the day. And so I did it, <laughs> but that's, so, so again, it goes back to mentorship, getting into the right rooms, mm-hmm. getting educated on what like it was going to take, getting a support staff in place. I have amazing securities lawyers that are a part of my team. Yeah. And then, you know, I just went and did it, but I was fueled by somebody shutting the door on me. Yeah. So. Well, and it's also like, I think it's important for people to hear that too, that sometimes you have an idea and you think that you have to know all the answers, but what you're really literally saying is I believe in my ability to find the people that are experts in the field that I can then hire and work with rather than putting all that pressure on yourself. Exactly. Cause you know, like the big vision, it's like, sometimes we can get caught up in like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle that. It's like, well, you're going to learn what you need to learn along the path towards getting there and meet the people and trust in your own resourcefulness. But, you know, to that, like Kayla, I think it's really interesting, like the curiosity element of this. Like, obviously you're in a position that you could buy a program like that and you could learn the ins and outs, but how would you like recommend someone who right now is in this season of life where like they know maybe for them, it's like a very visceral feeling that they're either in the wrong path completely, even if it is great by other people's standards, or maybe it's good or maybe it's bad, whatever. Um, and they want to make a change or like they, they just like know something's in them, but they have a big question mark of what that is. How would you recommend people get clarity on that next step if they're okay. not quite sure? Yeah. So if you're not quite sure, I think that's a really fun place to be because you get yeah. to throw spaghetti at the wall and, you know, and see what sticks and see what you like. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have anything to lose. So True. it's a like people could look at it like, oh, it's a bad spot because I don't know. But it's, if you change it, the power of our words, the power of our perspective is everything. Mm-hmm. So if you just get to go, wow, I'm in the most exciting spot of my life. I get to change, you know, I get to change my future. I'm a creator, not a taker. And so let me see what's next for me. And yeah. here are the things that excite me. I would just write it down. Here are the people who inspire me. And then dissect the lives of the people who inspire you, right? Like what is it that they have that I'm drawn to, okay? So I I had taken advice from this billionaire. He was He's a huge coach. He's a hypnotist. And I had him on my podcast and he um, had gotten really heavily involved in real estate. And I had him on my podcast like five years ago. And so I already knew at that point I was going to be involved massively 
in real estate. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, doing it then. Um, but I loved his life because he had a private jet. Like he had all these big things that I wanted. Plus he had an amazing marriage with his kids. I mean, and had like this, this awesome family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Not> American, <laughs> anyways. And so like, you know, like I knew that there was something there and he told me like, I always invest in mentors because they shortcut the process for me. Mm-hmm. And so that was just something that I always did. And so you guys got to see who inspires you, look at their lifestyle. And then when you start to add value to those people, let's say it's Keisha, right? Yeah. And you're like, I love that she has you know, this freedom lifestyle. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. what does she, how does she bring value to you through her podcast? Right. So if you want to learn from somebody like Keisha, like the number one way to get noticed by people is to promote their stuff. If you're, Mm -hmm. if you're the Keisha's number one promoter, she will probably know your name. You know, it doesn't matter how many thousands of DMs she gets a week, but if you're constantly doing it, you're going to stand out to her. And I think people don't realize that enough. Like if you want to learn from somebody and you don't have any money (laughs) to invest in her stuff yet, you get noticed by giving, by adding value to her, promote her stuff, number one. Okay. And then number two, it's like looking to see who's in the community and how you can add value to her community, be in there giving life to it. And get to know the people in that community because you can learn from other people, right? And those are all free things. Like, I don't know if you have a Facebook group, Keisha, but, you know, it's like things like that, that you can really go, okay, I'm just going to start learning from other people around me and see what they have going on and just see how I can help them. And this is where network marketing like changed my life was it taught me the more you help other people get what they want, Mm -hmm. you will always have what you want. And so if you just have that motto, you'll eventually figure it out what you want. But if you just focus on giving, giving, giving um, for a while, Mm -hmm. you'll see which part lights you up the most. Oh, I loved helping Keisha, you know, do stuff for her events. Maybe I'll do events, you know, like it's little things like that. That's so good. And it's so tactical because anyone at any season or any financial circumstances that they're in can apply that because to your point, it's free, right? And it's just thinking like, how can I be curious? That lens feels so much lighter than this pressure that sometimes we self-impose. Like I have to do this next thing has to be my forever thing. And it's like, you're going to change and evolve. Like look at your career, even just like you talking about all of these different things that you've done and how you've iterated. And one thing that I love that you just shared is when you were thinking about a mentor, you were also mm-hmm. looking at other aspects of their life. And I would love if you could speak to that because I think sometimes, and I've noticed, I might've said this to you like when we were even chatting back on your show, is like I've noticed that in this current season as I'm about to be a new mom, that I'm looking yeah. for moms that also have young kids, that I'm consuming more content because the advice is just more applicable. Not that I can't learn from amazing women and men, you know, that don't have kids, but I'm noticing that I'm, I need that personally because I'm like, oh, they're proof of what's possible. And they also have these thriving marriages and they're also present parents. Like how much has that been important? And like, do you feel like people miss that sometimes? Cause I've noticed like, I got a DM actually this morning that was like, Keisha, how are you juggling all of this stuff? And she's asking me about all these things that I'm doing. And I went to her Instagram, like, like her actual Instagram account. And she has three kids. And I don't know what their ages were, but I'm like, well, I don't have any kids yet. So like, one of yours looks like a baby, like straight out the womb. So I'm sure your life is very different than mine. So can you speak to that? <laughs> okay. I just made a post or like a story on this the other day because like we get really, um, 
fooled by the hype on social Mm. media where, you know, it's like people look like they have this perfect life. I know a lot of these people in real life and I know it's not perfect. And so, you know, five years ago when I joined my first – or six years ago now when I joined my first mastermind and I met some of these people in real life, I was like, oh my gosh, these people that I once had on a pedestal, they they put their pants on the same way that I do. Preach. You know, like, okay – So then I really start to break it down. Like, do I want to trade places with them? Because if I take their advice verbatim, I'm going to end up with the life that they have. Do I want it? And I remember there was this guy who was like, he was having like all these like love troubles. Okay. And I was like, why am I going to listen to this guy's podcast anymore? Because my marriage was kind of like in a rocky season right there. So I was like, I need to make sure like to protect that. And I don't need to listen to any of that kind of <laughs> advice, okay? Yeah. Um, so it's super important. Like there are a very, very few people that I will actually take advice from because they have the marriage I want. They have the relationship with the kids that I want with my kids. They have the body that I want. Yeah. And, you know, like I look at things like in different areas and health, wealth, their relationships and their spirituality – do I like it? Is it in alignment with what I'm headed for? If it's a yes, I'm going to listen to them. If it's a no in even one of those areas, I'm going to, you know, really tread lightly with the information I'm going to glean from them. And so like we should be really careful because like I'm a huge like faith-based person person, yeah. and it's all about guarding our heart and like what are we letting in? We got to be mm-hmm. careful with what we let into our hearts. So so I think that like, you know, the – there's a very much like that shiny object, right? Like, oh my yes. gosh, but this person, she said she's made millions of dollars and, but she doesn't have any kids and that's great, right? Like, yeah. but if you're a mom who has three kids, like you're not going to be able to do it the way that she does it. So find the mentor who, yeah. who, who can actually give you the practical advice to do it that way. So good. You know? So, okay. On the marriage aspect of it, I'm Curious as to how, like, if you could share just some insight as to, like, how you guys have prioritized your marriage. Because, like, for context, you guys are both building big things right now. And you have kids. And you're juggling a lot. And, like, what has that looked like early on when you had this big vision and things started taking off with network marketing first? And then that transitioned. Like, what is this? Can you kind of give us, like, an overview of, like, tactical things that have worked to support your marriage with Chase during all these different seasons that women listening in might be like, oh my gosh, I need this because this is my season. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So important. So I talk a lot about this on my podcast too. So, and Chase has been on my podcast. So if you are really interested in this, like make sure to go listen in (laughs) to some of those episodes. Um, But in the beginning, it was hard when I started with network marketing because Chase like the whole plan for our life was for him to take over the family business. His dad was an entrepreneur and has, and he still has three awesome businesses. Um, but they're very like location based. Like there's not a lot of life, like lifestyle freedom because yeah. he does very well, but he's very married to that business. Mm-hmm. And I started to see like Chase was working like 60, 70 hours a week traveling all the time. And I was like, this is like not what I actually want. Right. And I started to like poke holes at like the original vision we created for ourselves. And Chase was like, whoa, who are you and who did I marry? Because this mm-hmm. is not 21-year-old Kayla that I married and put a ring on it, you know? And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I have evolved like, and I want different things. And it took him a while. So it was like super hard the first five years. I'll just be honest. Um, yeah. And uh, what happened was we finally like got on the same page 
he left his family business and came to work with me and we focused on building out our vision. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome until yeah. he was like, you know what? I really want something of my own. And yeah. that's when he started My Abundant. The idea came during the pandemic and then he's really built it out to be like it's he's doing so well. I'm so freaking yeah. proud of him. Like it's pretty much like in in 2 years like it's an eight figure company with how much they're lending, which is just mind-blowing, you so guys. Cool. Like it's so crazy. This is like all organic. He's not doing any paid traffic. And I'm just so freaking proud of him. Anyway, so yes, he is very busy. (laughs) Um, But how we have done that is we constantly communicate with each other. And I think that couples, when they're having problems, sometimes they go inwards and they stop talking and they wait till the right moment. Mm -hmm. And like if you have it built into your marriage to constantly create moments to discuss with your partner what's happening – you're going to be healthier in your marriage, right? So Chase and I, we don't have an average like marriage because my kids are extremely busy. Like literally five nights out of the week, they're at hockey until eight o'clock at night. So doing a date night for us like is not, it's it's just not like reasonable (laughs) with where we're at in our lives. And so we find times to do coffee dates at least once a week. Even if it's 30 minutes, it's like we're going to go and walk to a Starbucks. We could walk to a Starbucks from our house and we connect there. And it's like discussing what do we have going on? Like, how are we feeling about things? But having that dedicated time to talk is so important. And I think that's what has helped us have such a healthy marriage like right now. Yeah. Uh, The other thing too, again, I'm going to talk about environment. Because if you're hanging out with people Mm -hmm. who – like if you're a woman and you're hanging out with other women who talk crap about their husbands, you're going to find a problem with your husband. Like 100%. So you got to hang out with people who are happy in their marriages if you want to stay happy. Mm-hmm. And I cannot stress that enough. I hang out with people who really love their husbands and prefer their husbands and don't yeah. talk bad about their husbands. So it's contagious, you know, mm-hmm. where I used to kind of hang out with people when I was super involved in network marketing, everybody had a problem with their husband, you yeah. know, and it was like that culture. And so, yeah, so I think it goes back to that environment. And then yeah. third, you got to have a vision. So Chase and I, like, I'd like to talk about it like this, okay? Yes, we have different things going on in our life, but we're headed to the des- the same destination. We are on different train tracks right now, yeah. okay? Because we're doing so many different things. We're headed in the same place. We know where we're going in 10 years because we have a large family vision and we're constantly talking about it with our kids. Like, everybody knows the role, <laughs> you know, yeah. of of what they're bringing to the family. Um, And so that's like, I think really important. And it wasn't always like that. Like, like sometimes it felt like we were headed in different directions, but these last, I would say four years we're we, we have it all in place. So it took us a while to get there. (laughs) I, I love that. Girl. I have something so exciting to share with you. If you happen to be a podcaster who wants to not just grow your show, but actually learn how to leverage your show, regardless of how long you've been podcasting, regardless of your amount of downloads, to leverage your show, to build community, to then create 
products, programs, services, whatever feels aligned for you and monetize your business. Because honestly, it's so exciting to even share that we're doing this podcast mastermind because I was thinking back to, you know, when I first started this podcast, Empower Her, at the end of 2018 and how even early on I started to build community around the show and just figure out what problems those of you that listen into the show had that I was most excited to solve, which turned into memberships and courses and live events. It turned into retreats, speaking careers for me, masterminds that I've created, all of these different things. So what I really want to do is help move the needle in a massive way for 12 women in what we're calling the podcast mastermind. I'm not really creative with names. We're just calling it podcast mastermind because that's what it is. It's an opportunity for you to work with me one-on-one for four months in a container, but also in a group setting with you and 11 other podcasters and an in-person two-and-a-half-day retreat here in Denver, Colorado with guest speakers and really fun activities. I'm not even going to tell you everything that's involved, but honestly, I am going to help you move the needle in your business. And I've really been craving this intimate connection because honestly, this has been such a game changer in my life, starting the show, building a community, and then building a business from it. And I think a lot of people get caught up in doing so many things, and I want to help you make your business simple, fulfilling, fun, impactful, and just like really get into the nitty gritty with you because I can't do that on a large scale when I'm doing this for too many women. This stage of life, I really want it to be super intimate so that I know that I can give you a massive return on your investment and that it's just going to be really cool to get to know you better and to really help you look back at this time a year from now and be like, damn, look how far I've come. So if you are interested in one of the 12 spots, like I said, only 12 spots for this round, um, I want you to text the word mastermind to 512-548-2728. Again, 512-548-2728. Text the word mastermind, or you can just send me a DM on Instagram and be like, Kesh, this sounds up my alley. Give me the juice and I'll give you a rundown, but also I'll send you an application. I'm going to be reviewing applications when we're filling these spots with 12 epic women and it's going to be so good. So if you have any questions, you know where to find me. Without further ado, let's dive back into the show. Okay. So question for you is, you know, there are a lot of women listening into this show that feel like they are maybe like the lineage changers, which obviously you and Chase together coming together from the backgrounds that you came from and everything. It's like, you've kind of made this decision of like, it stops here. This is the type of marriage that we're going to see. This is how we're going to raise our family. This is the type of wealth that we're going to have. This is how we're going to give back, insert all of these things. How like, how do you feel like you've instilled this into your kids? And like, what advice would you give to someone who, for example, their kids are going to grow up? Like even my husband, Zena and I have talked about this where like our kids are going to grow up. We grew up with divorced parents and we also didn't grow up with even the type of wealth or opportunities that our kids are going to have that we didn't have. And I can feel the benefits of like the work ethic and the compassion that I had from also having someone in my family that was an addict and all of these things that hopefully they won't have to navigate. How, like, what have you guys done intentionally to like raise kids the way that you're raising them? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we just spend a lot of time with our kids. Yeah. And we've always treated our kids like um, they picked up on energy in the room from the very get go. Mm. So I remember like growing up and knowing that something bad was happening, but nobody would want to tell me. And it made me be very distrusting of people. For a very long time. Like it was something I really still struggle with today, to be honest. And so Chase and I were committed to always 
treating our kids like critical thinkers. And so we would, we tell our kids like, oh, here's what's happening. Yeah. Oh, like, you know, with the pandemic or like all of these things, we're like, here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to teach our kids how to think about things. We don't want to teach our kids what to think. We want to yeah. teach them to be critical thinkers. And so we, lo- we have lots of discussions. Like we constantly spend time di- discussing things, real life problems. Mm-hmm. They know my dad's an addict, you know, they know the struggles that I went through yeah. and we talk about it because they live in very much a bubble. I mean, we live in one of the wealthiest cities in the country yeah. and they're not exposed to what I was exposed to as a child. And yeah. I made it that way, right? I put them in this little bubble, but I also want them to understand like that they're very privileged. And yeah. so we, you know, there's things that we do to give back to third world countries and stuff like that. Um, my daughter just raised, um, she just started a business to raise money for children of incarcerated parents. And wow. like, so all the profits from her business are going to those kids to help them like have the supplies and stuff that they need. That's so, so cool. you know, like just teaching them to be also outward focused because they understand that there are problems out there that maybe they don't have to go through but yeah. they are called to take care of the needy. And so we just kind of talk about problems and discuss it yeah. with them. I don't know. Well, I think that, <laughs> but I really do think that that's so helpful is like to even just hear the narrative of like, we're just really open about things. Cause you can feel it. Like at any age, I can think back to my childhood of like, something's off here. Why yeah. is no one telling me? And then you create a narrative, whether it's like, you don't trust people. Or for me, it created this like super independence that really was not helpful long-term of like, mm-hmm. if it's going to get done, I have to get it done myself. Otherwise I can't count on other people to like this weird narrative that you create from the environment. So I love just like how much transparency is so important to you in marriage and life and business, how you parent. And, you know, one thing I do have to ask you about, because this is something that a lot of women in my community struggle with is like, you know, you're writing a book right now, um, which is so exciting. Like at the time that this episode is released, it might be available for pre-orders, which if it is, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, but regardless, we'll get this out to everyone because this is a really big deal. And you're putting out, like you have done you know, you've earned millions of dollars in all different types of businesses, spoken on huge stages. You've got this large podcast. You literally have a fund. You're raising millions of dollars. You've done all of these things, but writing a book is different. And some of those like feelings of like, holy crap, I'm putting myself out there in this way have probably been affecting you in the writing process. So can you speak to how this came up and everything? Okay. So the name of my book is called, What Do You Really Want? Seven Questions to Meaning, Connection, and Abundance. Amazing. And while I was writing the book, all of this was happening. Like this has been two years in the making. And so the fun, like everything, like I'm asked, I'm answering the question for myself, what does Kayla really want? And so it was so crazy how like it all worked out for me that way that like I would actually be going through asking myself the hard question of what do I really want? Mm -hmm. And I ended up like following through on what I really wanted because of the book. So I'm so grateful, even just like for my process in it. And I know that that's what's going to happen for people that read the book, right? And so it's been really hard because it's like, I want to help people figure out what they really want. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, how do I stick everything in this book that's going to help people discover what it is that they really want and give them practical tools to actually follow through on getting it? Mm -hmm. And um, so it's like, oh my gosh, there's only so many things you could do. It's like, you know, 40,000 words and my publisher finds you if you go over 50,000. So like you literally can't put like everything you, you know what I mean? And so it was like, oh my gosh. So anyways, it's been a huge process. And the thing that 
has really helped me is knowing that this is book one. Yeah. And this is going to be like an appetizer to help people start to just even question what they really want. And, mm-hmm. and the quality of our life is determined by the quality of the questions we ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's really the book's main premise. And so that's what I had to get down to is like, okay, like do they have the tools inside of this book to ask themselves better questions? And I finally was able to answer yes <laughs> after we like – legit scrapped the book twice and had to rewrite it. Uh, And I finally got to the place like, yes, this is enough information. And it's also gives them really good, hopeful stories inside of it too, to, to make sure that they have hope that they can do it. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah. So I finally got to that place after a long time and a lot of help (laughs) getting there. And I'm so excited for them to have it in their actual hands. But again, like I had that vision, like this is book one. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be able to write the sequels to this main book to help them break it down in every area of their lives. And so that's what got me excited. It's like, oh yeah, this is book one and I'm going to write more books to really give them the practical tools in every area. So stay tuned. Yeah. Ooh, I also love like how big, big the vision is too. Cause like in my head, as you're describing this, I'm like, okay, it's going to be for people that are wanting to do X, Y, Z and like breaking it down into all of these different things. And like, maybe it's like a kid's book too. Like who knows? Like there's the world Mm -hmm. is your oyster. So was it like, can you speak to just like the feeling? Cause I feel like the, the fear that can come up with writing a book that is permanent, like putting it out into the world like that. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to how you navigated that fear and how that might be applicable to anyone that's starting something new where they're like, ah, kind of freaking out about it. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you go on social media and you, you push post to your first vulnerable post. Right. right. It's scary. Like, how are people going to interpret what I've said? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's putting up with that, like, oh my gosh, are people gonna like it? Are people gonna have a problem with it? Yeah. You know, what are the experts gonna say about this thing? Mm-hmm. And again, those are very disempowering questions, right? Yeah. Because that your fate lies in the hands of other people's opinions of you. And you're never gonna be happy with 100 percent of the opinions. And so you've got to go into that vulnerability and say, like, what's the most important thing to me about putting this on paper? Yeah. And I ultimately thought about, like, the 18-year-old girl who is surrounded by people that don't believe in her, that she has all the odds stacked against her. And it was me, you know? And, like, she just had this little glimmer of hope and a big vision inside of her. And I knew if she could get this book in her hands, she would start making better choices and getting better results in her life. And so I started writing the book for her and it just became very clear. And that's like in business, when you're talking to your avatar, it's really easy to create because you don't care about the opinions of the wrong people. You're focused on that one person that you know, if it, I mean, if it, if this book could change one person's life, it's a success for me. Yeah. I know it's going to change millions of people's lives, but that's what I'm focused on is like that one woman. And yeah. so um, if anybody's listening in right now and they're kind of struggling with that fear of vulnerability, you got to, again, focus back in on your vision and that impact statement, you know, of like, okay, who's going to be impacted because I share this post? Who's going to be impacted because I share this podcast? And, you know, like that 
you got to practice that what if up thinking like, oh my gosh, what if this girl listens to this and she gets the courage to like leave that abusive relationship? Oh my gosh, what if this girl listens to this podcast and she gets the courage to start the business and she makes a hundred thousand dollars this year? Like it's worth it. Okay. I'm going. (laughs) <laughs> so good. Well, it, it's just like, it makes it easier when you're focusing on one person rather than like the masses, even people mm-hmm. that are sharing on social media, it's like, don't worry about everyone. Like you're talking to like one person yes. and just feels simpler, but it also feels more real because you're talking to 18 year old Kayla too. Like that's so powerful and probably very healing in a lot of ways too. So oh I'm gosh, totally. so excited. I'm so, so excited for this book to come out. I'm so excited about all the things that you're doing. Like, thank you for being such an expander for a lot of us that, you know, are listening into this episode right now, just to speak for the community. And honestly, for me too, of what's possible. So for people that love your style and your vibe and how you articulate things, which I just, I really, really resonate with you, where can they find you? Tell us about the podcast, all the things. Yay. Okay. So I just rebranded. My podcast is now called Crafted Entrepreneur and I'm really excited about it. We talk about just all the things you're going to go through as an entrepreneur and also what you should start investing in. So it's a really fun show. I'm also on social media at Kayla.craft. And if you just make sure to head over to KaylaCraft.com, you can sign up for um, like a the pre-order of my book. I'm going to be doing a free course called What Do You Really Want for everybody that pre-orders the book. So we're going to at least have that in um, and I'm super excited to be able to give that to everybody. Yay. Thank you so much, Kayla. I appreciate you. And I'm so pumped to hear everybody's feedback. So of course, as always, like share it on social media if you vibed with it. Let us know. And thank you again so much. I'll talk to you soon, girl. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.